This is the Watch Post podcast, which you'll find at watchpost.org. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Watch Post podcast. We're going to talk today about the problem of only being moral enough to be enslaved by it. Right from the start, I want to use Matthew 10, 16 to illustrate this point. So it says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. Often the problem for many Christians is that we are enamored with innocence, but we don't allow wisdom to guide us. We don't permit wisdom and we're often against the very wisdom that we need because we are obligated by a sense of morality that is contrary actually to sound wisdom. This kind of way of living is very common in the world. Um, When people pick up morality in the world, often it's only to a fault, Um, not because goodness is wrong, but because they choose goodness that isn't actually good. So for example, they'll pick up something like loyalty. Loyalty is a very, very good character in a person, and yet loyalty must be defined by what is actually good. So a person will be loyal to uh, family members or friends, but they're loyal to people who do evil, as if what is good doesn't interfere upon that. But also these people will want to turn away from these people who are doing wrong and evil, but they'll feel like, well, I've promised to be loyal. I've promised to do these things and they don't see any permission to break out of that because it no longer is working for what is good, but what's evil. I think this is incredibly common um, today where people, especially in the world, you know, think that they're going to take up this morality. They're going to be the super selfless person. They're going to be all these things, but this morality is not defined by God. It's not defined um, by the will of God, and therefore it's still defined by their ideas, and then it fails them, and it hurts them, and it leads them into harm. There's so much thinking today that's like, that says, you know, I'll do good and good things will happen to me. Well, (laughs) that's not necessarily true, and you're not even necessarily doing good by what you think is good, because what the world thinks is good is so often is nothing more than flattery or just giving in to people's, it's just people pleasing. So ultimately at the root, we're serving evil. We're serving our own ideas and the rebellion that we just talked about yesterday. Um, But we're so convinced that we're doing what's good and right. And we become enslaved to those ideas because of what we think about ourselves and because of what we're trying to maintain as an identity for ourselves. I think a really good example of this is the example of King Herod with John the Baptist. If you don't know this account, um, you can read about it in Mark 6, 14 through 29. Um, But real quick, I'm going to read verses 23 to 26. As Herod's mistress uh, daughter comes in and, and dances before Herod and his guests, he says, and he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, for what should I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oath and his guest, he did not want to break his word to her. 
going on to verse 27, and immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. Now, this is a very clear example of how we we do something, we give our word, right? And we all know that we should keep our word to people, but not to the fault of evil, not to the fault of going against what is moral. Morality rules morality. And yet we so often walk in morality against what is actually good, against our own welfare, against the welfare of other people. And that's really what, you know, Matthew 10, 16 speaks to. It speaks about having innocence, but having wisdom. And we need both in order to actually walk in holiness. Because I think that's one of the, the real conditions of the church today is that she has this quote unquote innocence, but she doesn't have holiness. Holiness is wisdom. It is, it is purity. It is turning away from sin and it is wise. It is very much characterized by that. And Jesus fully possessed this. And we substitute all the time a counterfeit for this holiness. And this is our fault. This is, this is on us because we think that instead of pursuing this incredible holiness in Jesus, we can simplify it down to, to a, a simple moral compass, a simple hallmark quote. You know, we, we, we dumb down the, the, the commands of God and we just think that if we, you know, fulfill, like remember to be loving, forgiving and kind, you know, that we're, we're doing God's will when holiness is far, far more than this. And this is, this reveals our rebellion. It reveals our sin against God. Um, and the condition of the church, especially in the West, is that she continues to have a stupid morality. She continues to have foolishness and a naive morality rather than than the holiness that has absolute wisdom in it. And what we need to realize is that this is how the devil is always obligating us towards what is evil rather than towards what is good. Because if the devil can get behind something and say, oh, well, you promised to love people, you know, it's your job as a Christian to be kind to everyone. Um, it's your job to be loving, to be in unity. He continues to obligate us and make us feel that we're trespassing upon morality to uphold what we know in our conscience is right and, and to, that goes contrary to what is seemingly moral in the moment. An example of this, I have a few for the Christian. Um, one is always thinking we're unloving for speaking the truth. How common is this today? I mean, my goodness, we, every time, you know, you, you say something more than God bless you, you think that you're cruel. You think that you're heartless when speaking the truth, even in, in such intensity matches the heart of God and it matches the heart of God's love. Um, the problem, of course, is that we have a very confusing idea of what love is that isn't defined by scripture. Um, another area is, you know, where we're obligating ourselves to unity far past where it's biblical to. Um, I don't have time to go into these verses, but if you don't know them, look them up for yourself. First Corinthians 5, 11 through 13, Romans 16, 17, Titus 3, 10 through 11. Um, all of these verses speak to disunity, to, to turning away from people who are choosing um, evil and sin. And yet we continue to feel obligated not to do that. We don't have permission to, to walk in that wisdom. And another example to this is where we continue to have this 
really foolish notion of heroism where we never flee from evil. I mean, we have Jesus and Paul and also the first century Christians as an example that when evil comes, we are absolutely permitted in in many ways to flee from it and that this is wise. Yet we just charge face first into any danger and call that faith, call that courage. Again, we don't have permission for what is actually good. This makes me think of when the disciples were walking through the fields and plucking grain and eating it and the Pharisees rebuked the disciples and Jesus said, do you not remember how David ate the the loaves of bread from the temple? He was pointing to how when laws begin to transcend above true goodness, then the goodness is what is right. The last thing that comes to mind here is the parable of the dishonest servant. You can look at Luke 16, 1 through 9, um, if you don't know this parable. But I think this is not the entire point of what Jesus is pointing to, but I think it's a huge part where this dishonest servant um, protects his own interest. And Jesus, in a sense, commends him. He doesn't commend his sin, though. Obviously, Jesus isn't commending sin. Jesus is commending that, that way of being wise. It says in Luke 16, 8, it says the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. I think that's really the point here is that when we deny ourselves shrewdness, when we deny ourselves wisdom, um, then we're operating in a naive innocence Morality that doesn't go as deep as it needs to. And and this morality is easily um, enslaved to the waves of the world. And we don't have the strength that we need in wisdom um, to discern evil, to discern good and to walk in it. So I hope these thoughts are not too confusing, at least. Um, I hope we can kind of see what I am talking about here. Um, And yeah, so I hope these things are help to you. um, And I hope to see you all again tomorrow. For more content like this, visit watchpost.org.